and I don't want to ever be responsible for somebody being in that situation, I say to them, you need to think about where you're going to put your head down on your pillow and know that this was the number that you had to stop at. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Sherry Costello of Waterfront Realty Group in Duxbury, Massachusetts. She is a real estate professional. Hey, Sherry, welcome to the show. Mark, thank you for having me. So are you ready to share your story? I am. Mm -hmm. I saw the light bulb go up upon your head. I do not have a poker face, that's for sure. I tried, Mark. Actually, not always do I have a poker face, but I try. So you've had a poker face? Well, there are times when I have to have a poker face, you know, and I know in when this, that is. In this game, when you're advising your clients? Yeah, there are times, not so necessarily when I'm advising my clients, but when I'm in the middle of negotiation, you know, sometimes I have to just, I have to remember that I'm negotiating. I don't have to remember. I think I do. I mean, obviously you do remember, but it's, it's um, you know, I'm not as free with my words when I'm negotiating. And especially if it's a tough negotiation, you know, you just have to say what you need to say and, and stand firm. And well, it's, it's, it's easier, right, for you to speak for them, right? Because you're entering the no, you're entering the negotiation without the emotion, right? Even though you're sitting there thinking, oh, I would pay a little bit more for this house, but this is where they want to be. So we need to figure out how to get them where they want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, um, I feel that when I'm working with my, with my clients, I'm very... You know, I am open with them about, especially in this market right now, Mark, because it's it's almost impossible to counsel our clients on what they, where their cap should be because of the emotion. You know, I, I've got clients that are looking that, you know, really need to buy, you know, really have to have to be out of where they are and in a house within a few months. And, you know, I can tell them what I think, but I'm not going to tell them what to do. I have said to clients, please do not pay more than X amount of dollars for this particular property, because I know what their situation is. Life changes. And in three years, five years, what happens if you get transferred? You know, God forbid there's something worse happens and you need to sell this property you have to think about where things could be in three years. I, I can't make any guarantees. I don't have a crystal ball. So there are times when it's really important that I do show my, show my emotions because I want them to understand that this could really be setting you up. And Mark, that comes from personal experience. That comes in, you know, and I don't know how much you and I have spoken about this before, and you know that I I struggled quite a bit. And because of that struggle, I know mistakes that I made 20 years ago, 15 years ago that have set me up. I mean, I'm I'm working through them and, and things have turned around, but it took a long time. 
And I don't want to see anybody make mistakes that are going to, um, you know, that are going to follow them for the next, you know, 12, 10 to 15 years. I, I just can't. No, and most of them won't. If they can ride out seven to 10 years, most likely they're going to be okay. But if they can't, and they're looking at this property five to seven years, provided that nothing goes wrong in those five, seven years, like if that's their plan, you know, they might need to think about plan B. Does that make sense? It makes complete <laughs> sense. And I'm, I, I'm glad you're sharing that, that wisdom. Are you comfortable? Are you prepared to like share your story? Sure. I don't see any reason why not, Mark. I, th I do think that it is part of why I do what I do. Um, you know, what we choose to do for our work, it's deeply connected to us. We just, sometimes it takes us a little while longer to figure that out, but it is deeply connected. And, you know, I know what drives me. I know, you know, I know why I got into this. Um, and there's a few reasons, but that's one of them. You know, um, what is where I have been, you know, where I've been and and what I experienced and almost not being, you know, I have this, I've been in the same house for almost 30 years and it has been a struggle to keep the house. So having been through that, I can appreciate home ownership and why home ownership is so important to people and how making decisions um, you know, based on your lifestyle, your financial need, you know, your financial situation, um, how all of that plays a role in, they play a role in making the decision when you're buying a house, but how it also is going to affect you down the road. Does that make sense? It does. It completely makes sense. So you've been in your home for 30 years. Has it been worth it to, to keep that same house though, the whole time? You know what? Because of my situation, it it has been. Um, you know, I was a single mom early. You know, um, my kids were were young, and keeping them in this house was important. So, and thank God, you know, we worked together as a team. I mean, you know, we have a good my family, including my the children's father, um, my adult children's father we worked together as a team to keep this moving forward for them. And it was gonna, we knew that it would benefit them. So there were times when, you know, it, it, I wondered whether or not it was worth it. But looking back, I know that it was the right thing. And, um, you know, I made mistakes. I made some financial mistakes. I, I know I shared with you that I got into a situation uh, mortgage that was not good for me. And, you know, getting out of that mortgage ended up costing me money at a time when I didn't really have the money, <laughs> you know, that I, that I should have been trying to save that money. Well, tell me, tell me about, tell me about that mortgage. Help, help us understand that mortgage. Cause a lot of our listeners, your listeners probably weren't paying attention to the financial markets and the mortgage markets back in what year are we talking about? 05, 06? Yeah, it was right around that time. It was definitely 05 or it was in that time frame. And I was in, you know, I had a good rate on the mortgage that I, you know, my current mortgage at the time, the rate was, you know, I don't know, it was maybe four and a half, five percent. It was not bad for that period of time. And 
because of my circumstances and I needed a little bit of cash, yeah. I decided to refinance and it was easy. It was a no, I mean, there was no verification of employment. I mean, it was just almost too simple. The ninja, but right? It, the no income, no asset, yeah, no yeah. job. And um, it, it was, in effect, it was a reverse mortgage. What? Yeah. And at the time, it was the wrong situation for me, Mark. And, and very quickly, my mortgage started to, to go oh, up. Oh, you mean a negative amortization? A negative am amortization, yes. Very so, different than a reverse mortgage. And if you want to hear about the, the product of reverse mortgages, which are, is an amazing product for those uh -huh. that are eligible 62 years and older, David Tortolot did a podcast talking about those on this very- Who did it? David Tortolot. He's on the uh, Elements of Styles podcast talking about reverse mortgages and how it's a great financial- strategy to balance out your portfolios too so you're Is thinking okay? now it's time to do a reverse mortgage i love that so, and, and that's the thing and you know what and i know that reverse mortgages are very helpful for people like myself that want to stay in or, or people that are you know I, I just you know i am familiar with the concept of it that's why I could never so it was a negative amortization yeah so what that is and i and i understand the years and the time and the um, the people that were out selling those at that time, I've talked about it so many times, but that subprime era, the big short, you know, read that, watch that. Um, but That's those right. folks that were pitching this negative amortization loan, they also called it a pick a pay. So you had four options, right? You probably took some cash out, paid down some debt, which a tremendous amount of people did. You were not alone at that point in time in that era, took out a tremendous amount of their equity, um, paid off consumer debt with it, and were sold on the fact that your payment would be really, really low. And without really dialing into all of the documents, people are like, wow, I mean, I don't know how this works, but it works. What it was, was you could pick a 30-year amortization payment, which everyone looked at as like, ah, it's kind of high, a 15-year, and they're like, mm, that's really high. You could do an interest only, but you're not gaining any uh, principal, you're not working through any of the principal, or was this final option, which there were salespeople out there saying, pitching this payment alone, which was a negative amortization option. They were called option arms, pick a pay, mm. uh, uh, negative amortization. Option arm. Watch <laughs> out for them because history repeats itself. And they're okay. a great product for the real estate investors out there. I actually uh, originated one on a flip property that I did, and it works perfectly because I, it's a cash flow issue, right? But to, to own a home and then make the negative amortizations payment, that's exactly what it is, is you're not even paying all of the interest due. One of the options is to pay the interest only. This option is you don't even have to pay all of the interest. We'll just take that chunk of the payment and put it to the back of the loan, which is why your loan felt like it was reversing. It was negatively amortizing amortizing so you're actually losing ground every month and uh wow so how did you dig out of that i ended up um having to pay i just decided that i was i called and i mean i did a lot of work on getting out of it mark but i it ended up costing me about five thousand dollars close to five thousand dollars to get out of it and again it was at a time where the five thousand dollars you know i had just paid off a chunk of debt to that's you know I was not able to work, you know, it's kind of a, it, it probably doesn't really matter, but because of my situation at the time, I mean, I lived pretty simply and I was, but I was raising two kids. I was working, 
it wasn't a full-time job yet at the school department and I mean, it was 30 hours or something to that effect but it wasn't considered full-time so I I had no choice I had to you know I had to I mean I guess maybe I did have other choices but at the time that seemed like the right thing to do so I I just I cost me money to get out of it on top of it so the whole thing just and by the time that I you know was able to refinance and you know get into another mortgage my you know it had it just set me up it really did it set me and then up the mar- and then the market bottomed out it did it did it bottomed out and you know I couldn't I mean I had to just sit with it for a while and in 2009 it caught up with me and you know I almost lost my house and uh, it was a, a rough couple of years so let's 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 flash back because i think there's a lot of sherry costellas sitting in their house right now with what you were going through then because picture these folks who have started calling by the way is they went into covid in default and folks we're we're talking about may late may 2021 right now talking to sherry costella so when we talk about market environments you know and you're listening to this and it's a very different market environment understand we're remember May 2021, when there was very little inventory coming out of COVID, that's when we're talking right now. Um, But they go into COVID, you know, 18 months, two years ago in default, maybe something was going wrong then, then COVID hits, right? So for 14, 16 months, they've accepted the forbearance. And now the bank's coming, but guess what? There's equity in their home. It's the difference. The differentiator this time is those loan products crushed everyone's equity. It stripped the equity from the homeowner. Here, it's it's different. COVID has put people in a really tough position, right? Employment, yeah, all certainly. of that. But the values are still accelerating. So they can exit not only with dignity. When we used to talk about working with folks with short sales, we would say, you know, there's the difference between foreclosure and short sale. You know, it's a dignity component. You're not getting anything either way. But at the end of the day, the newspaper reads Sherry Costello sold to so-and-so as opposed to Fannie Mae or Deutsche Banks, pooling and servicing. And there was that dignity. Here, it's we need to help you race to get to your equity because the yeah. bank's going for it too. That's and right. Whatever you want to say about banks, I've seen them misbehave. Right now, the race is on because they know that you know, you're not paying attention because you think the government is going to actually moratorium, you know, kick it down the curb more. I dare say, you know, some people are sleeping. They're completely head in the sand on the scenario, but their values are appreciating. The banks are going to foreclose on those people. Mm-hmm. They've already started to call. We had to rush a filing uh, into bankruptcy court for somebody who the bank isn't under the guise of, uh, or the regulations of Fannie or Freddie. So they're able to foreclose. They were going to foreclose on this person. Mm. He didn't know what to do, but he's got 80, potentially 80 or $90,000 of equity. Mm. And yet, right? So how do we have those conversations with the people that say, listen, yeah. I was sitting in your seat, but you have a much, much better way out of this than I did, but you got to dust off and you got to, you got to get out. Yeah, it's, um, you know, in my situation, if, if that were now, Mark, I would not take that, I would absolutely, 
sell the house. I would, I wouldn't, um, you know, I would not be able to, you know, I would be a, a nervous wreck about trying to fight the bank and they're going to catch up. I'm sorry to say that literally they're, co they're coming. They're going to be knocking at your door. Trust me. I've, I, <laughs> I've experienced it. It will happen. And they come fast, they come fast and furiously. I'm thinking they're going to come faster and more furiously this time unless there's government intervention because their systems are so much better if you remember last time a lot of the disputes were it, it would fall into the into the uh back burner because where's the right. note i don't know it's been transferred 17 times i have no right. idea but now the, they fixed that right, right. i mean everybody's right. identified to it to a t right now yeah. that's not going to happen again so what do you say to those folks and how do you find them? That's the, well, the real concern I have is how do you find those people? Because if they're every in every zip code. So, and here's the funny thing, Mark, because I have not run into anyone like that yet, but I know they're out there. But they're I not telling they're... you. That's that's well, what I've talked to some of the, the folks um, that are in the, in the real estate investor world in that space. And they're saying that, most of those people would rather call a stranger than their their real estate agent. They're the one that's in the fabric of their community. They would rather call one of those uh, bandit signs right on the side of the highway that says we buy ugly houses than they'd yeah. call Sherry Costello. So how does Sherry Costello you, put out the message that call me, I can help, yeah. I've been there. Don't don't be embarrassed. I mean, that, and, that, and I'm sure that that was you know, there was pride. There was, you know, I, I was embarrassed. I did not want to fail. I did not want to fail my children. I didn't want to fail. I mean, I couldn't imagine that all the years I had been, you know, at that time, it was probably, geez, 10 years, 15, you know, 10 to 15 years ago was when that was all started to get resolved about 10 years ago. It took me a good two and a half years, Mark. And so if you were that, to do it, if you were to do it again, you would not. Well, in those same circumstances, yes, I would. Got it. I'm not going to lie to you, but that's just me. And and the other thing is that I am so um, determined. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could not believe that I, there was no, I wasn't giving into the fact that I couldn't fix it. Okay. And you um, did. I did. It was a full-time job on top of, you know, but it was worth it. And you know, I'm, I am going to say that it's probably, you know, the financial implication of that, of even of fixing it, um, you know, cost me a lot of money. You know, they, they end up putting it on the back of your backside of your loan. And, but you know what mission accomplished and I can't unring the bell. So I just have to keep moving forward, but don't let it get to that point. You can't let it get to that point. They literally were, I mean, it was, it became public because, you know, people don't realize when a house is at that point, you know, you've got, um, it's in the paper. Were you, know, you in the, were, you, were you in the paper? Yes. Yeah. Three times. The auctioneer was here. I mean, oh, how did you cost. stop it? How so what happened was the, the day before and, you know, um, oh, I had to get an attorney involved. Yeah. Of course, I, I went to, to somebody that I knew that specialized. It had been someone had been referred to yeah. me and he was able to help. 
Um, the unfortunate piece was that my lender um, was doing everything they could to say that I, they had me on a plan. I never made it into that refinance the heart program. I never was part of that. They was, you know, they, fortunately I kept very good records and they were set, saying that I was not making my payments when I was supposed to be making my payments. Well, yes, I was. I had it down to the exact time that I made the payment. And um, isn't it so amazing? To, isn't it amazing how oh, it's crazy can behave? It's it, it was really um, it, it was discouraging and it was disappointing at on every level. I mean, I had been I had communicated that with them. I started communications with them. I I know exactly when it was, and told them this is where I'm headed unless I get some help. And what can we do about this? I, you know, I'm not looking for a handout. I want, I want to do this the right way, but please help me refinance. And to refinance, what they, it was gonna, it was crazy. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but Mark, I'll never forget saying to them, you're setting me up for failure. You are setting me up for failure. And so literally the day before, I actually, we had to get, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but I, I actually called the attorney general's office Good. and got the attorney general's office involved. And the day before the auctioneer was here, they um, called me and told me that they had worked it out, that, you know, the attorney, the attorney general and the lender all were working together, Mark. And because I had done, I mean, it was two and a half years. And like I said, I was making payments. I had done what I was supposed to do. And... Um, so they so the they had me call the auctioneer, you know, the law firm out of Newton, and they said that the auctioneer would be here, but um, that he would not come to the property. And I said, no one, please, nobody has to come step foot on my property. I can remember. Did he extend you know, it though? Did he do a pub public proclamation to extend it for sixty days or something like that? To extend the, the auction. No, they did. That, that they was it. They turned it off. They now, turned let, it me, off. let me ask you this. This is the visual piece. The week leading up to it, the day before, oh. the day of, were there cars circling your house and kind there of stopping and taking pictures and stuff like that? So I'm sort of, you know, I'm on a dead end street, right? Yeah. And there were, but we did have some cars coming down the street and I had people taking pictures of the house. It was, you know, and my kids were... Um, you know, I think Sean was, you know, going into college and Kara was in high school. I was, it was an, you know, it was a, it was a, a tough time, Mark. It was an embarrassing right. time. And it was, you know, uh, as a mom, you know, trying to do the right thing and set an example for my children. It was, um, it was probably a very low point. Do you feel as though they understand what you, what you did for them and the family and the fight that you held and the leadership think, that you maintained? As they have become adults, yes, I think they, they, uh, they understand now, I believe they, I think they knew at the time too, but I, I didn't really share a lot of it with them because, you know, Kara was still young and Sean was, I shared enough, but I don't know that they fully understand the extent. And I, you know, I never really, like I said, it happened. I kind of just forward, you know, let's, I'm, how can I fix this? And, 
you know, make sure that this doesn't happen ever again. <laughs> and now I would not let it happen. I wouldn't let it get to that point, Mike. I'd probably sell because I know all you, when we were first talking, you said it, what Maya Angela, how you felt, how I felt during that time. So um, I never want anybody to be in that situation. So when I'm counseling my buyers, I'm sure that that's or, or trying to counsel them, I know that that's in the back of my mind. I know it is. Um, I don't ever want, and I don't want to ever be responsible for somebody being in that situation. I say to them, you need to think about where you're going to put your head down on your pillow and know that this was the number that you had to stop at, you know? And I bet they, I bet they appreciate that guidance, right? And, and we won't get into the, what the market is going to do in May of 2021, whether it's a continued melt up in certain regions and the prices are going to continue to accelerate. But I bet you they appreciate that kind of reality check, right? Like you're not telling oh, them not to do it, but hey, let me share some experiences with you. Take it for what you want. And I bet they appreciate those shared experiences. Right. I, I don't get into what we just talked about right. with them, but I just say, you know, life can change. And if life changes and you are you find yourself unable to pay your mortgage or sell the house or whatever it, whatever it is that's going to impact your financial future, you need to think about this. You have to, you know, and they have to take lifestyle into consideration too, because sometimes people don't take that into consideration. Write down every single thing you do, you know, take into consideration your gym memberships. How many times do you go out for dinner a week? How many times do you go on vacation a year? How many you know, how often do you, I mean, I hate to say it, we all do it, but, you know, we may, how much shopping do you do, you know, how many times do you get your nails done? You have to take those things in, into consideration because they add up. And is and your income, is your income continuing to accelerate right. or are you at a point where you need to think about fixed income stuff? That's, that's right. professional advice. And I know that people appreciate that, right? Because it goes beyond the average agent, right? I'm not just trying to get you in this home. I'm, I'm actually concerned about you. But let's talk about the people who are in their homes now, not the buyers, but the people mm -hmm. who are in their homes right now, mm -hmm. staring at the ceiling, getting the letters that are starting to say, you know, uh, it's coming time. time to come back to the table with us or else. Like, what do you say to those people? Like, so, you know, I think people have had, you know, obviously we've seen the people that haven't had any, um, it's, it's been kind of a no brainer. It was time. And so they've made decisions for whatever reason, whether they're moving along or, you know, moving on to the next chapter, moving out of state, downsizing, whatever it is. There are people that I think um, recognize that this is the time, but, you know, they may not be ready if you've got somebody that's thinking about it and they're trying to time it and they, what does the market look like in six months? I can't guarantee. And as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it's going to start to adjust. And I can't tell you when that's going to be, but if you want to capitalize on this market, I wouldn't wait much longer. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that in, if you decide in the fall that we're still going to be seeing the numbers that we're seeing right now. I think if anything, we're gonna see it starting to adjust a little bit downward. 
I don't, again, I'm, I don't want, I don't like to make predictions, but I do think that um, if they're on the fence and they are emotionally ready, and that's a huge piece. People think that it's not, but it is because, you know, even me, I know that right now is the time for me to sell my house. I am not ready. And I've, I've looked at two properties recently and said, I'm just not ready, you know, and that's, I could have my house ready. It is what it is. Right. So, so how, you got, you, know, you got, you got blood, sweat. you got blood, sweat and tears in there though. Yes, I do. But I, and, and I think I'm just not ready to leave the house that I raised my family in and that I, you know, I, you know, it's, it still works for me. So until it doesn't, but I think when people are, they know this market and they know that they're going to be ready within the next year or two, if they can be ready now, it is definitely the right time. I mean, we are still dealing with buyers that have been shut out and continue to get shut out and they want a house. They need housing. I think COVID has taught us, and if, if anything, you know, that three-year plan, why mm -hmm. not just do it now? That's right. right. Let's fast that's, forward three years to zero. That's exactly right. You know, um, you know, I'm sure you're aware of this, but you know, with we saw so many people decide to stay in their homes, people that had been considering putting their house on the market. I can't tell you how many people I spoke with last year that just decided to stay because of COVID. And a lot of them, what they did was they they re, you know they did a refi. Of course, why wouldn't they take advantage of that? And a lot of them, right, absolutely, it was the right thing to do. And a lot of them, you know, they, there was a big push to put in pools, right? So some of those people may feel like it's not the time because I just put the pool in last summer. Well, you know, maybe it is. Right. Right. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, I do think that that's a personal it's a very personal uh, decision. You know, it's, it's not a one size fits all, but I think if you're considering a year, you might want to think about getting it on quickly, you know? Right. And, then, and then the question's like, well, where do I go, Sherry? For well, that's it. If your plan is to move out of state or to downsize, just, just know that if you're downsizing, you're going to be paying more right now than you would, you know, but you know, you've got to weigh that out. You've got to look at how much am I going to make on this house? How much is it going to cost me to get in? Is it, it does the, does the, does the benefit outweigh the down? Yeah, what am I? You're right there. Yeah. Does the, the benefit outweighs the downside of that mark it, in most cases, and especially if somebody has been in the house. And especially if somebody's in financial strap, right? Certain industries, um, you know, no. certain industries aren't coming back, right? If they're, no. if people who, you know, might've been a general manager of a hotel, they need to figure out a different strategy going forward, probably, right? right? So, right. you know, and if they're not seeing that pivoting, buying franchises, starting their own businesses, or, you know, because certain industries are, are going away, certain right. jobs are going away. Right. So looking over, you know, that three months that maybe you can get through unscathed, you know, can you be proactive and look 12 months out and see what Sherry felt and, and avoid that, right? Pain oh. avoidance, right? It's Oh, I, I would do anything to avoid 
really. And that's why I say, if I had kids in the house, if I, if I were to go in that scenario again, I'd probably do the same thing. But at this point in my life, without question, I'll rent an apartment. I'll rent a house somewhere for a year or two if I had to. If I were in that situation, Mark, if I could, if I could say to anyone that's on the verge of that problem, you have no idea what that does to your life and how you feel and how it follows you okay because it does follow you so take care of it before it becomes something bigger than you because it does it does they'll knock on your door <laughs> and they will break it down if they have to so you know um don't wait don't wait and there's nothing to be embarrassed of this has been an awful year for a lot of people and you know if you've gotten through it then you know, with your health, right, then take a look at everything and be realistic about what you need to do next. All right. So Sherry, if someone, yes. if, if you had an amazing experience with a client, what would their testimonial read? I think what they would say is that, um, first of all, you know, I'm um, dedicated. I'm very loyal and dedicated to my clients. I, I will you know, do whatever I have to do for them, you know. Oh, so, so quote unquote, okay. Mary and Bill just sold their house and they oh. go on Facebook and they say, Sherry Costello was. She was knowledgeable. She was professional, professional. She um, dedicated and hardworking, you know, it kept our best interests in the in center, center, front and center. Um, made sure that the transaction moved along as smoothly as it as it could and brought it to the finish line. I love that. That's a good one. So <clears throat> let me ask you this. So you have a referral partner, maybe it's a CPA, a financial advisor, somebody that you work well with, refer back and forth. That person has a client and they want to introduce you to help sell their home. How would you tell someone in your referral network, how, what, what would be the ideal way for someone in your referral network to introduce you? I, I would hope that they would say that I am knowledgeable, professional, I have, I'm dedicated and that I am um, honest. You know, I have a lot of integrity. That's important. It really is, isn't it? Integrity is important. You know what else is really, you know what else is really important? What's that? What? karaoke song you would sing if it came time to sing karaoke what's your go-to song Gary Costello so, so it's so funny because you know I don't as much as I love talking and people and whatnot Mark I I do not I don't get up and do karaoke but I've had to you know think about it a little bit right and uh if I if I did have to get up paradise by the dashboard light Right. I could I could sing you the parts. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So Sherry, if someone were looking to sell their home and want the services of a compassionate agent like yourself, how would they get in touch with you? So they would call my cell. Um, they would they could reach reach me through Waterfront Realty Group. Um, so what's your cell phone? 
My cell is 781-799-8880. And if I see a number that I don't recognize, I do call back, even if someone hasn't left a message, because sometimes I think people are a little shy about leaving messages, but I do call back and, you know, um, or they could email me at sherry at waterfrontrealtyma.com or they can find me on social media. I have Sherry Costello Realtor on Instagram and I also have a Facebook page, Sherry Costello Realtor with Waterfront Realty Group. So they can reach me. Awesome. LinkedIn. LinkedIn too? LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Did you see mm -hmm. our, our interview with El Paso Sam on LinkedIn? I did not, you know, but I that's will. On, that's on the fa the Facebook page for the real estate uh, school at eight. Oh, oh, I will he, look at that. He, he actually did a, does a PowerPoint um, of how you can maximize LinkedIn, which I learned a couple of awesome nuggets. Oh, good. All right, I'm going to look at that. Sherry, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. You're very welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me. It's been and a pleasure. Sharing and sharing so much. I think a lot of people will really appreciate how much you've shared today. Okay. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.